This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 125. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined once again, as usual, by Lisa of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you? I'm good. You had a little pause there on that intro. I thought you were going to be get creative on who you introduced me as. It's like, oh, what am I going to be this week? <laughs> what am I going to be this week? What, what new name am I going to be given? Oh. All right. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? how small wins can lead to big success, whether it be in your artwork or your art business. Yeah, you know, I always feel like that drawing is sort of like a metaphor for life or anything else that we do in life anyway. You know, if we do the simple things really well, if we try to do those as correctly as possible, and we keep all of those things straight, then by the time we're done, we'll have a complete rendering. That's true when we're drawing, and I think that's also true in our business, in our career as an artist as well. And so I want to talk about that for just a second then with regard to things that we do in in a drawing piece and just kind of use that as a, as a springboard, if you will. And, you know, one of the things I think about with this is a quote by John Wooden. He said, if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it over? And I think that really speaks to this a lot. And it, it just it, really what he's saying is, you know, do these do these small things really well? You know, sometimes we'll hear people argue or complain or whine about the fact that, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that. I don't I don't have this big accomplishment under my belt. But the people that do have those bigger accomplishments completed, it's because probably they were very aware of some of the smaller things that they were doing and they performed them at their very best. They they did them very very well. And so, really, I just want to talk for just a moment about how I progress through my drawings. And, you know, what I try to think about is getting those primary things in the drawings done well and to pay very close attention to those things and to keep going in that direction of paying attention, then repeating that process and correcting things and then repeating that process. So, I'm just doing those things over and over. But... As long as, you know, I've built the foundation well, I've got the roadmap down, or in other words, the outline of the drawing of everything that I want to do, then things usually go pretty well. So let's just talk for for sake of argument. Let's talk about an example of a portrait. So I try to divide up my portrait drawing process into broadly three steps or three categories. You know, I'm never really thinking about each of these categories as just a separate thing that isn't connected to the other two all the time. But it gets overwhelming if I'm thinking about all of it at one time. So I at least think about, okay, I'm in the beginning. Now I'm in the middle. Now I'm at the end. So broadly, three areas. The beginning is just establishing the shadows and the proportions. And then number two, if I'm in step two, then I'm in the middle values. And I'm looking around at the areas that need to be just a little more complete 
than what they were before. And then the end, I'm looking for the fine details, the, the details that I can put in there to convey completeness. And so, you know, when I'm looking at a portrait and I'm starting out, then I'm focusing just on those shadows. I'm going to step back for just a moment, talk about number one again. Looking at the shadows, trying to establish where the darks are and where those features are. And that helps me to establish the proportions. And I'm not going to put in a lot of detail at that point. In fact, I'm going to force myself not to look at details because I know later on I'm going to go back through and between those areas I'm going to be making marks. I'm going to be editing and I'm going to be establishing the relationship between all of these features, and that's proportion. Okay, then secondly, again, what I'm doing there is in that drawing process, I'm focusing then more on the completeness of each of those features. What am I missing in there? What, what details do I need to kind of fill in a little bit? And at that point, I'm forcing myself not to add too much detail yet. That comes in the final stage. Now, I can allow for it. I can say, okay, I'm going to suggest it over here. I'm going to put more detail in and say if you're drawing the nose, you know, early on the shadows, okay, I'm going to put in the shadow under the base of the nose. I'm going to put in the shadow under the bottom lip. I'm going to put in the shadows right there near the tear duct where the, the bridge is of the of the eyebrow and where the, the nose is connected right up there at the, the top, right in between the eyes. And so there's a deep shadow in that area right there. So I'm forcing myself not to put in too much detail. But then in that last part, in that final stage of the drawing process, it's, it's such a good feeling because if I've done those small things really well, then all the detail that goes in there at all those details that I'm looking for, then I can add those and I can become highly detailed and I can convey realism without becoming distracting, without making it too overwhelming and without, you know, just putting in so much detail that it, it makes it look awful. And, and, it, and it can. Not every detail needs to be stated and needs to be conveyed. So that's kind of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about just progressing through a drawing and going from start to finish and doing the very, very tiny things deliberately and paying attention to those things. By the time you're done, you've got a complete drawing. Yeah, one of the problems that a lot of artists have is they get when they get started, they try to look at the painting or drawing as a whole. They're they're not looking at the little things. They're not focusing on those little details. They're foc you know, I always tell, especially with colored pencil, start one square inch at a time if you need to. Finish that square inch and then move on to the next. Now, yeah, that's not how I typically work myself. Those of you who've watched me work know that, but it's a good way to start. If it if you feel overwhelmed, Focus on one little thing. Master that little area before you move move on. Um, from I've been doing this on a wave that I'm currently working on. Same thing as John is saying. You know, break it down into those layers, and I break it down even further where I'm working on the top third of the piece until it's done. It, but it's the same thing that John's talking about. The way he's building up the shadows and the highlights, and just slowly coming into those until he gets the final stage of working on the details. Don't jump into okay. I've got to make this look at a wave. You're looking at the wave as a whole. Look at at 
or a portrait or whatever it is, look at the little areas, look at the colors, look at the values, the shadows, the highlights, not as the entire thing all at once, or it gets too overwhelming and you miss stuff. It does. Yeah, and another thing that happens, especially to newer artists, is they'll think about the entire thing and then they start trying to render something and what happens is they get impatient because they're not real sure how to progress through this area. And so if you break it down into these three these three areas, when you're going through your drawing, I think it really helps you quite a bit, especially if you're starting out. Think about the beginning. You're establishing where the shadows are. If you're drawing in a shadow area, even if it has some lights and some darks in there that are different in value from another shadowed area, don't pay close attention to that at that moment. You can look at that later. Now, if you're an advanced artist, you can do, you don't have to follow any of this. You can go in and out of any three of these areas all at the same time. You can work on the details from the very beginning and you know how to do that. But when you're starting out, I think it helps quite a bit. Just looking at, you know, shadows first and then kind of rendering up from there and completing things as you go along. The other thing is, and I think it's a good suggestion that you made, Lisa, about doing a little square inch at a time. The only caution with that area that that I want to say very quickly is that some people, if you make a mistake in that area, then it becomes kind of difficult to go backwards or kind of erase, especially if it's a portrait and then you've got a proportion issue and you're like, oh, I got to you know, readjust this. So be careful with that. But yeah, if you want to get some success very quickly, that is one way to do it. And there's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of colored pencil artists that do it that way, and they're very, very good at it. Yeah, the way when I'm doing a portrait, what I'll usually do is break it up. Let's say I'm do- usually, more often than not, I'll do the hair first, or at least lock in part of the hair so I get my darkest values. It makes it easier for me to judge my skin tones. But once I get onto the skin, I will usually start with the forehead and then work my way down to the eyebrows and then to the eye. But I mean, I kind of do this as I'm, I'm almost falling down the portion. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't usually- That makes sense. Yeah, I don't generally do. Now, it's not always true because if I'm working with powder blender, it's a little bit different. But if I'm working with odorless mineral spirits on regular like a hot press watercolor paper, I will usually break it up into like forehead, eyebrows, the section above the eyes, around the eyes, the eyes themselves, the nose separately, cheek, one cheek, then the other cheek. But I kind of, it's not really one square inch for how I work. It's like one zone. Yeah. I break it up one into zone zones. Or, or, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, you know, there is something to be said about that, about like doing, tackling that forehead and the hair early on because they're, they can be really boring uh, yes. for one thing, and you can get irritated and and just kind of antsy with that kind of thing. You don't want that to happen to you near the end of a portrait because then you might rush it, and uh, it'll show in your work if you do that. The thing that's so great about breaking it up into these little areas like this is that if you can finish one small area, you know that that looks how it's supposed to look right now. Colored pencil is a slow medium. If I know that forehead looks good or the hair looks good, it encourages me to keep spending as much time as needed on the rest of it because it's not yeah, you know when I when I paint for example when I'm working in oils or acrylics a little, it's a little bit different because of the way the dry time is and the the layers that I, I work I'll do the entire kind of face all for the first layer and then the next layer all together but it's the whole face I'm kind of working on together at the same time and that can definitely be a bit discouraging because those first layers are not pretty with colored pencil with how slow it is it is important to me to have those little wins those little sections that ear looks amazing 
mean I'm ready to work on to the next section. Yeah. But the, the, I just find it to be such a big deal when I'm working in colored pencils to do these little sections, have them. I don't have to have them 100% finished, but I want them to at least look decent before I move right, on. Right. It's it just that encouraging, okay, this looks good. I'm ready for the next step now. Yeah, it starts to look more like a completed thing, you know, and that that's one of the reasons why my vote is for building it up slowly. I like to tackle the eyes pretty early on, too, because it, it, you can start to see, you know, some of the success mm-hmm. of a portrait if you can do the eyes pretty early on, you know. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, building it up slowly keeps it in balance as well, and you're not getting out of balance with the values in one area over another area. All right, so the next point is, you know, if you're starting out in colored pencil especially or any kind of drawing medium, then if you if you want to start having some some pretty big wins or some of these smaller wins that will lead to big success later on one way you can kind of short circuit that is to go ahead and work on smaller studies first and work on and what i mean by that is work on things that are actually small that uh, you know maybe a 4 by 6 or 5 by 7 or something like that something that's small and just make the subject the subject Don't get carried away with a background or anything like that. Just work on the subject matter that you're interested in. If it's still life, uh, if it's uh, botanicals or if it's portraits, work on that subject and that part of the subject. And then I think you'll get a quick win under your belt and it will fuel you to be able to move on to bigger successes. And even thumbnail sketching, I think, is a a good way to just start getting some of the memorization around some of these things uh, done very quickly. You'll trouble through some of the areas. And I usually do thumbnail sketching typically before I ever start at least a commission. And many times if I'm starting anything on, on just my own, my own drawing, I will do a thumbnail sketch in graphite first on paper just to uh, figure out the composition, figure out some of the trouble areas, maybe proportions or tilts or the foreshortening of a head or something like that. And it's always been very helpful to me when I've done that. You know, I like having an end goal, but Mm -hmm. you can't jump to the end. You can't skip those beginning little things. Like John was saying, he does the the sketches, the little thumbnails. When I'm doing mine, I usually will design them in Photoshop first. But I mean, these these little things, they're not the finished project. I can't, if I jump to the finished project, stuff usually go, you know, you, you can't think, don't look towards the finish line, but you can't start there. So look at the beginning, these little steps that you can take. YouTube is a great example of this. I worked with YouTube. My original goal when I started with YouTube was just to have videos to embed onto my website. I wasn't considering growing a channel. I didn't even know you could subscribe to someone on YouTube when I started there. So I, I didn't look at the end, what my end goal was with that. I didn't look at it as I need to be at 100,000 subscribers. I need to, to hit this point at that there. I just started little, started small. I'm going to make a time-lapse video. It doesn't need to be perfect. I just need to take those first steps. I want to figure out how to even edit a video. Let's just figure that out and upload it and then embed it over onto my website. Little things. I mean, heck, you can even go back a little further. The smaller steps I took in building a website. I wish I, unfortunately, the Wayback Machine doesn't go back far enough to show you my first websites. They were hilarious. But I mean, you have to take those first steps. They're usually not going to be what you end up, what your end goals are. You have to take some of those steps. And when I started with YouTube, Originally, I didn't realize I would end up making money from from this or that it would turn into, you know, with Patreon and all of that. But I started out small 
those huge goals weren't necessarily there. I wasn't worried about my SEO. I wasn't worried about all of this. I think sometimes you get overwhelmed, especially when you hear, like with us, we'll talk about SEO or search engine optimization, or we'll talk about business and marketing in general. And we, I think we have a tendency to talk about the big picture. You need to back that up a little bit sometimes. Look at the mm-hmm, beginning things. Right. Those, those little baby steps are a huge deal. I just had a thing, a memory come up on Facebook. Four years ago, I hit 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. Back then, that was huge. That was so big to me. It wasn't as big as what I am now. If I, if back then I was comparing to what I was going to be four years later, that 3,000 wouldn't have been as encouraging to me. I wouldn't have been as excited to keep going and keep trying if I was looking at it, oh, well, it's not 100,000. It's not yeah, as good as yeah. it's going to be. You right. know, look at these little steps. And with YouTube, I didn't make anything. There was no income with YouTube to start with. It took a long years before I was, I was making any money, any income, but it was worth it to my end goal in my business, those little steps that just, I'm going to make a a time-lapse video. It doesn't have to be good. It just shows the process. I thought it was kind of cool. I'm going to throw that up on YouTube. And slowly... I got more advanced with how I edited the video, with what I included, with the type of videos that I was making. But I didn't have to jump to that to start with. I didn't jump starting out going, okay, this person makes a video every day, so I need to make a video every day. That's too much to start with. Break it down into these little small wins. One video whenever I had time, which turned into one video a week, which turned into two videos a week over, you know, six months later or so. I I started, I upped it to two, and then a while later I, I started with three. But I didn't start there. I started with one here and there. Just just get your feet wet. Just start somewhere with these little things. And those are good. Just because it's not as much as what someone else is doing or just because it's not what your end goal is, it doesn't me- mean that those little baby steps aren't valuable. They're so helpful to getting you to that end goal, to that finish line. Just don't think you're going to start at the finish line making, I'm going back to using YouTube again, but it could be artwork too. But I'm not going to start out making five videos a week or with art. I'm not going to start out making the super realistic, 30 inch by 20 inch piece for my first drawing. You, you've got to start start a little smaller. Break it up into smaller pieces as you're working, whether it be your business or your artwork. Well, you know, and I think you brought up a really good point, a few good points there. And I guess this is a, a night that I'm thinking about quotes, but here's another one. People who accomplish big things did small things well. H. Jackson Brown. So there's a difference in somebody who takes the time to do something really well, and it's very, very small. It, it may look very insignificant. But if you celebrate those things, and if you realize, hey, this was more than what I did yesterday, there's something about the transformation that happens in your mind cannot be overstated. Because there's something that happens to the way that you frame your life and the way you frame things that just fuels you and helps you to be prepared and ready for something that is more than what you have today. I mean, if you, if you, for instance, you know, let's talk about this. If somebody, and this may be seem like it's off topic, but I don't, I don't think it is. There can be two people. Maybe you, I, I run across, I, I see homeless people every day, every day of my life. I see homeless people. They work downtown Cincinnati. There's one homeless person that, Blames everybody, blames him, uh, life, blames uh, society, blames, you know, <laughs> his neighbor, his dog, whatever, for his his reason for getting there. OK, you take a second homeless person. Maybe they had the same circumstances. These two guys have the same exact circumstances, 
But the other guy, he doesn't blame anybody. He he blames himself, and but he just says, hey, you know, made some mistakes. It's okay. Uh, this is the current circumstance. It's going to change. I've met homeless people like that. This is going to. This isn't my my uh, state of living for the rest of my life. This is going to change. And for many of them, it does. For the ones that blame everyone else, or you know, they're probably probably you know going to stay there a long time. So my point is this: that we have the power to make these things happen. You know, the the way that we frame things, the way that we look at at things, and the way that we look at these small things that we're doing in our art business. If we think about them as something great and that we're really moving ahead, that we're really accomplishing things, then it can be so. It can really change the outcome, and it, it can lead to something that is much bigger. All right, so last week, I think you may remember, if you listened to last week's show, me talking about how that I was kind of treated rudely and I was told no <laughs> from some guy about teaching in his his space that he has for workshops, and I just want to mention that again one more time here because I think it fits with what we're talking about this week. And that is, you know, that I I didn't just tuck my tail. Well, maybe I did for a little bit, but I got over it somehow later on. And, I, you know, even though he, he acted very rudely, I I just thought about that. And I thought, OK, I can, you know, I can move on from this and uh, look for other opportunities. And I did. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunities if you want to teach a workshop. And we're not going to give a, a podcast on that today. But what I did a good one for the future, though, it really would. But what I did was I just went to my local library here and I talked to them about offering a free workshop. And, you know, they were all over that. So they said, yeah, sure. You know, let's do that. And it went over so well. They had a waiting list. I think it had 10 or 12 people on it or something like that. And so we had over 30 people in the in the workshop and we had a waiting list. And so after that, you know, I did it free. That's that was my thing, you know. I was going to do it free for them. And so we went ahead and did it another year. Well, you know, that that's been going on now. I did it a third year this year. And what happened though, something really great came out of that. I was contacted by the the main library in this county and they asked me to do uh, workshops and now I ended up, you know, teaching five paid workshops coming up this year starting in 2018 and eight paid classes at several of these local libraries within this county. Which, you know, I, I think it it helped quite a bit just by doing something just by taking you know, one step just by doing one thing and looking after you've done that one thing, looking and around and seeing what else is possible after you've done that. And that's really what it's all about with your art businesses. You're going to do one one more thing. Just put your foot in front of the other and do whatever is simple enough and easy enough to do right now. But just don't go backwards. Just keep going forward with a small win. And so the other thing I think is kind of cool is I started teaching at Hobby Lobby, teaching open drawing classes. And I don't do that now, but I've taught some workshops at Plaza Art. And now I'm also going to be part of their hands-on creativity day or weekend, I guess it is. It's the 7th and 8th of October. But that's going to be a lot of fun. They've just got a lot of art demos that that you know different booths that are going to be set up. I'm going to do colored pencil art demonstrations, but there's going to be 
you know, oil painting, there's going to be brush painting, acrylics, uh, calligraphy, you know, I don't know, just a whole bunch of other things. Strathmore Artist Papers is going to be there, Art Graph. I mean, there's just so many other vendors who are going to be a part of this this uh, event that they have going on. And it's another thing that wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't started teaching at all. And I got to tell you something, it was scary for me to start teaching. It wasn't something... I mean, it's not scary if you if I was teaching something that I do in my day job or something like that. But for me to start teaching art, something that had primarily been for a long time just a hobby, to start doing that and asking for, for money for things that I'm teaching, that was scary to me at the beginning. And if you're thinking about teaching, I mean, that's something that you could do. And I got to tell you, it might make you feel a little sick to your stomach the first time you do it. But it's a small thing that you could do that could lead to something very big down the road. And it doesn't even have to be teaching. It can be getting right. into a small gallery. I know of mm-hmm. artists that, you know, it's easy to think, well, this isn't the biggest gallery in my city. I want to start there. Well, you know, you can try for that. But if the smallest gallery in your city will take you, that's a foot in the right direction. That's getting, that's taking a, a step forward. I mean, I was doing, when I first started painting, for the first few years, I would do a lot of outdoor art shows or art and craft fairs and that sort of thing. And I don't do them now, but I don't regret the time that I did do them. I mean, I, I never made a lot yeah. of money doing them there for several They're reasons. They're a good experience, that we've about though. Them. Yeah, I'm glad that I did because I learned a lot in doing that. I learned what doesn't work, for one thing. But, I mean, I'm able to take that those experiences that may not have been super positive at the time and apply them now, apply them to my videos. I have something to talk about now. I have experience that I wouldn't have otherwise had. You want to look at these little things that may not seem like a big deal and turn them to what can I learn from this what do this can it actually help me in the future I mean I think that can be just a life lesson in general things that you might not think are that big of a deal or might even be negative experiences it could be going back to art it could have just been a mistake in your art or something could have happened a relationship wise the way somebody was treating you if you can take that and make a you know learn from it going forward that can improve your life it can improve your art it can what depending on what it is is it you can make improvements because of that thing that started small or that started even negative. I was asked to display my work at the City Hall in Frisco or here in Texas. And my initial response was, I don't know if the work is going to be safe. It's a city hall. I don't know how big of a deal that is. I've never I'd actually never been to the city hall there. I was thinking, uh, it's not really worth my time. And I'm so glad that I decided, even though it was small for me at the time compared to what I where I had displayed in the past. I am so glad I did. One, the city hall there is amazing and the way that the artwork is, is displayed is very professional. It's beautiful. I love the way that they hold these, or have these, um, they call it their art in the atrium. And I've been a part of it for several years now and I've sold several pieces because of it. And I wouldn't have thought that early on. I thought, eh, it's too small. I'm not going, I've sold pieces for over a thousand dollars there in, for an individual painting. This is it, it was small. It felt like it was going to be too small for me even at the time, but it ended up being kind of a big deal for me. It it was really worth doing, even though at the beginning, I just thought, yeah, not that big of a deal. It, it's too small. No, it was good. And I'm really glad that I was a part of it now. One big, big thing that a lot of people will, will run into is they finish a piece or they just even, they've never finished anything. They don't know where to start. Pick something, pick something small, pick an apple, pick 
anything. Pick a little thing of grapes to draw. Pick anything small. Don't don't start with the, this big, huge piece. Start with something small and just create. You're going to learn from it, even if it wasn't something that was, you know, that my end goal is not to create drawings of fruit. It was something that got me started that is going to lead to my next bigger and better piece. Don't don't think it, everything has to be your biggest and greatest. Those little pieces, those little things are really, really helpful, not only for, for refining your skills, but getting you thinking about what are you going to do next? What did I learn from this piece that I can apply to the next? Sometimes it's easy to think, well, I can't think of anything good, so I'm not going to do anything at all then just find something small. Find a little thing of grapes, an apple, whatever. Create Mm -hmm. something that will lead to something else bigger. No, that's excellent. Yeah, another thing that that happens to us from time to time as artists, this happens to me. One of the mind hacks that I do to myself is when when this occurs, and I'll tell you what it is. I'm leaving you in uh, in the dark here intentionally. No, I'm not. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) So... What happens sometimes? Really? Are you? Is maybe this happens to you, Lisa? I don't know, but this happens to me occasionally. Where I'm just like, okay, I don't know where where to go next with this drawing. I don't know what to start on the next. It's like, okay, I built this up far enough on this part. I don't know what to do. I'm going to mess up something here. I guess if I start trying to go uh, forward, you know that you can you can have that fear, or you can have the fear of okay, this looks. uh, pretty good right now but i'm not sure what to go with next where to where to go next if i go over here in this area i'm going to be you know leaving this part out so i'm not sure what to do i'm going to do nothing that kind of thing that happens to me and so here's one of the hacks that i like to use is i tell myself okay i don't care where i'm going to go with it it doesn't matter i'm going to do something though i'm going to take one pencil i don't care what it is I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to make a mark in some area. And I tell myself, hey, John, just make two marks with a pencil in one area and then you can go put it down and leave it. So that usually works because what happens is you never you never sit there and just do two marks with a pencil. You sit there and you can't stop. And you're like, that that was wrong. That was the wrong pencil to use. But at least it got me started. It got me going in the right direction. And it got me realizing that's the wrong shade. I don't need that one. I need this one. And then I start doing it. I have this little inner voice to talking to myself and, and uh, progressing through the drawing and figuring out what needs to be done next. Sometimes that's all it takes is just telling yourself, okay, self, go sit down in the chair at the drafting table or at your drawing desk wherever it is you draw and make two marks on your drawing even if they're wrong if you feel like they're wrong just do it and i I guarantee you you'll probably be happy with yourself and you'll be able to not put it down and you'll start in an area that you you know you were kind of stuck in before you know that feeling uh i know exactly what you're talking about it's the same thing like if you have a room that you need to clean that's super messy clean out your garage clean out a cupboard or it gets overwhelming yeah Yeah, you look at it as a as a whole and it just like i don't even know where to start pick something pick a box Start going through it. Yeah, it you doesn't even matter start. Yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Don't the let it intimidate you. Just, is so much more important. <laughs> it is. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times when I'm I'm working in colored pencil, well, in any medium, really, but where you have that feeling of, I don't know where to go next. I don't know what to yeah. do next. Yeah. Pick up a pencil and try it. If it's like Joe was saying, wrong it. color, no big deal. Try another one. But you have to start somewhere. Don't let it overwhelm you or cause the fear into never getting it done, just like the closet I need to clean out. So one last final little mind hack here I think might be helpful. Maybe you don't know what to draw, and Lisa had a couple of great suggestions there. 
And maybe you're thinking, okay, yeah, but I don't have an apple I can draw or I don't have a grape or something. But one thing then to do with that is just keep a, a folder for yourself. Maybe if you use Google Drive or use Dropbox or uh, whatever it is, just keep some kind of folder. Maybe use Evernote and just have a notebook set up and just say reference ideas and have another notebook reference photos and just take photos with your phone or whatever is handy and just stick those in this folder so that the next time that you're stuck with that that problem, you don't know what to draw next, you just pick one of those. And if you're too picky about it and like, I don't have anything good enough, draw the bad one. Just start on the bad one, the one you think isn't good. Uh-huh. And make it small, something very small. And it'll just get you excited about you know the the one that you think is so big and uh, just really great to draw. Then draw that small one first. And I think it'll... Just get you out of that out of that funk. It'll give you that small win again, which is our point today. That is a, a great small tip. win leading to big success. All right, so maybe you have a small tip for us that would lead to a bigger success, and we'd love to hear about that. You can always comment in the show notes over at sharpenedartist.com/podcast. You can reach out to us on Twitter. Lisa's at Lockree. I'm at Sharpened Artist. You can email us podcast at sharpenedartist.com comment in the Colored Pencil Podcast group on Facebook, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com A leader that will lead her. Okay, that, that was wrong.